This is the Society of the Meditation Program, and John Brodscombe is on the panel, and this is Brian Bell on the microphone. Those of you who have been listening to this program will know that Srimataji Nirmala Devi, the founder of Sahaja Yoga, passed away very peacefully on February the 23rd in Genoa, Italy. The following week, honoured by an estimated 100,000 people, she was laid to rest in Delhi, the capital of India. She would have been 88 this month. Until the age of 47, Srimataji lived what seemed to her friends and family to be a relatively straightforward physical life. School, university, an active part in India's battles for independence, marriage to a public servant who became a very successful diplomat, the birth, the raising, and the marriage of two daughters. But then... In 1970, her life changed and she began a spiritual journey which for over 40 years entailed traveling around the world, sharing compassion and wisdom with those who desired spiritual growth. And during those years, she offered a gift to the seekers of truth who longed for answers to the basic life-engrossing questions. If you are such a seeker, then here, yet again, is Srimataji offering her beautiful and astonishing gift. Slip off your shoes, sit quietly, hands palm up on the lap, and listen. Please close your eyes, not very tightly, and till I tell you, please don't open your eyes. Please put your right hand on your heart. Here, you have to ask me a very fundamental question about yourself. Three questions, three times, three times you have to ask. You can call me Mother or you can call me Shri Mataji, whatever you like. So ask a question, Mother, am I the Spirit? Please ask this question in your heart three times. Mother, am I the Spirit? All right. You are the spirit, then you are your master. So now please take your right hand on top of your center portion of your abdomen on the left hand side. Now press it there and ask another fundamental question Mother, am I my own master? Ask this question three times. Mother, am I my own master? Ask this question three times. I have already told you that I respect your freedom and I cannot force pure Divine knowledge on you. You have to ask for it. So take your right hand in the lower portion of your abdomen on the left hand side and here you have to ask six times because this center has got six petals. <coughs> Mother, please give me pure Divine knowledge. 
ask six times, Mother, please give me pure divine knowledge. As soon as you ask this question, the Kundalini starts rising. So now we have to nourish the higher centers with our self-confidence. Raise your right hand in the upper portion of your abdomen on the left hand side. <coughs> Here you have to say with full self-confidence ten times, Mother, I am my own master. Please say this ten times with full confidence. <clears throat> I have already told you at the very outset that you are not this body, this mind, these emotions, this intelligence, this ego and conditionings, but you are the pure spirit. So now raise your right hand on the left hand side on your heart and here you have to say with full confidence again twelve times, Mother, I am the pure spirit. Mother, I am the pure spirit. Please say this twelve times. <coughs> I've told you that this all-pervading power is the ocean of knowledge, ocean of compassion ocean of bliss, but above all it is the ocean of forgiveness and whatever mistakes you have committed can be easily dissolved by it. So please forgive yourself and put your right hand in the corner of your neck and your shoulder and turn your head to your right. Here you have to say again with full confidence sixteen times, Mother, I am not guilty at all. Please say this. Mother, I am not guilty at all. Please say it sixteen times. <coughs> I have already explained that whether you forgive or you don't forgive, you don't do anything. <coughs> but if you don't forgive, then you play into wrong hands. And at this moment especially, you should forgive so that this Agya Chakra, which is a very constricted center, will open out. So, here, now you put your right hand on top of your forehead and put it down. Put it down, put down your head, please. Here you have to say, <coughs> not how many times, but from your heart you have to say, Mother, I forgive everyone. And don't think about the people whom you have to forgive. Just say, Mother, I forgive everyone in general. Don't think about them. I find this is the most constricted center here. Please, please forgive, otherwise you'll miss the point. From your heart, just say. All right. Now please take your right hand on the back side of your head and push back your head. This is the center where you have to ask forgiveness from the Divine Power. Without feeling guilty, 
without counting your mistakes, just for your satisfaction. So here you say, again from the heart, not how many times, O oh Divine Power, please forgive me. If I have done anything wrong, knowingly or unknowingly, O oh Divine Power, please forgive me. If I have done anything wrong, knowingly or unknowingly, say it from your heart, not how many times is not the point. Now, stretch your palm fully and put it, the center of your palm on the fontanelle bone area, which was a soft bone in your childhood. Now press back your fingers as far as possible and with the pressure move your scalp. But before doing that, please put down your head. Now here, <coughs> again, I cannot force self-realization on you. You have to ask for it. So move your hand so that you move the scalp well with the pressure, saying seven times, Mother, please give me Self-realization. Move it clockwise, slowly. Push back your fingers, push back your fingers. Now take down your hands and slowly open your eyes, please. Now put both the hands towards me like this, like that. Now please put down your head and see for yourself with the I'm sorry, with the left hand first. See with the left hand if there's a cool or a hot breeze coming out of your fontanelle bone area. It may be very close to your head, but it should, should be above, not on top. Your hand should be above. Please bend your head. Or some people get it very far also. Whichever way you move your hand and see for yourself. Now, please put the left hand towards me. You have to bend your head, otherwise it doesn't show well. Please put the left hand towards me and put down your head and see if there's a cool or a hot breeze-like sensation or energy coming out of your head. Just see yourself. Put down your head, put down, otherwise you won't feel it. Now, please put the right hand, okay? If you have not forgiven, it would be very hot, so please forgive. Now, bend your head again and forgive and see if there's a cool breeze coming out of your fontanelle bone area.
of collective self-realization has never before been offered to humankind. It has been possible for individuals to be granted their self-realization, but this is the first time in history that it has been granted en masse, collectively, to all who desired it. So what is this gift of self-realization? Here is Shumatiji again answering that question. This is an Easter festival talk, and Easter is coming up soon, but that's not the reason for playing it at this time, as you will realize. Today we are <coughs> celebrating the resurrection of Christ. With, with it we have to also celebrate the resurrection of human beings, of Sajogis, who have been resurrected as realized souls. With that, we have to understand that we enter into a new awareness. There was no need for Christ to enter into any new awareness. He had to come down and again to show to this world that you are the eternal life, that you lead a life that is spiritual, which never perishes. You have to rise into that new realm, which is the realm of God Almighty, what you call the Kingdom of God. And he said it very clearly to Nicodemus that you are to be born again. And when he asked, Am I to enter back into my mother's womb to be born again? I said it so clearly. It's so clear. Those who don't want to see can remain blind. But he said it very, very clearly that no, that is whatever is born of the flesh is the flesh. But whatever is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. I mean, nothing could be more clear than that, that it has to be born of the Spirit. Of course, human beings have a special capacity to twist everything around. For them, Spirit could be a book, could be some words, could be an organization, a church, or some sort of a thing like that which they have made. But whatever is man-made is not the Spirit. This is the clear statement of Christ, which people wanted to avoid and start their own organizations, their own ideas, and created a very mythical thing in His name. And now the time has come for it to be blasted. It has been going on and on for thousands of years, captured so many innocent people, and people are into it. But when you are resurrected, when you become realized souls, one has to understand that now your movement is inward. You are moving towards your roots and not outside. So whatever was the endeavour before Realization has to be changed, the direction has to be changed. At that point mostly we miss. This is the thing today I am trying to explain to you, that so far to a human mind Entertainment was important, entertaining to the mind, not to the spirit. Entertainment to the spirit is absolutely opposite to the entertainment to the mind. Like somebody 
the other day telephoned to me and said that, Mother, there is no excitement in Sahaja Yoga. <laughs> the excitement is too much. We are going against that. We are going towards peace, not towards excitement and this kind of electric shocks that we require every time. See, a drunkard, he's all right in the morning, but evening time he goes off. He needs a shock, a, a, some sort of an injection into his body. All human enterprises have been like that. They are to excite your body, because if it is the dead you are dealing with, then you have to excite it. But something that is living, that is eternal, you have to enjoy it and not to excite it. So the direction has to be juxtaposition, and that is where many Sahajogis fail to understand. How do we do it, is the point. How do we make our attention move inward instead of going outward? If you start from the time you are born again, it is much easier, because it's a new venture into you go in. That is the peace peace of your spirit, the joy of your spirit, which is permanent. You don't need any excitement from it. It is permanent. It is eternal. So the first thing that comes our, to our mind is that whatever we do before Realization, not to do, the first and foremost thing is Realization comes to you effortlessly. So the effort which is built in your body all the time, the energy of effort, I must do this, I must do that, I have to do this, I have to do that, that creates tension that I have told you already. So what do we do? We do not try to compete with others. We do not try to fix certain timing, dates, watches. We do not also put our attention into any endeavour which puts us into effort but we relax that attitude of effort. It's called as, in Sanskrit, prayatna shaitilya. For a Western mind it's very difficult to grasp the subject. So try to understand. That doesn't mean lethargy, doesn't mean lethargy. Shan should never confuse with the dead the energy of the living. Now we are trying to transform our energies towards the energy of the Spirit. <coughs> so you have to allow the Spirit to take over. Your effort of your mind should be reduced and the energy of the Spirit should work through you. Now how do you do it? First is detachment. Detachment. Detachment start with the thought. Let us see the thought. It's called as vichara shaitilya, relaxation of the thought. Now a thought is coming into your mind. Some thought today is Mother's Puja. Let's go. We have to hurry up, you see, you must get this, you didn't get the flowers, now you go to the third world and get the flowers, you must get this and you must get that. Second is, 
No, detach yourself. Witness. Leave it to the spirit. Watch. You'll get it. Many of you have noticed this. But still this mind, which is quite silly, tries to impress upon you that you have to use the old junky instrument of this mind. And it asserts that better use. And when you start using that, ego comes in, you get attached to it. And you, what you lose is your progress and thus the joy is minimized. How do you detach yourself? For a person who is absolutely detached, it's very difficult to explain how to detach, isn't it? <laughs> I'll try. Now, I cannot get attached, that's the problem is. And I find it difficult to explain to you in words which are human words, but still I'll try to say now, say, I tried something as human beings do in the beginning, just to see how it works out, because I had to experiment. For example, when I had to, say, attend any puja or anything, I used to ask them, what is the auspicious time? So they would tell me, this is the auspicious time. And then another would telephone to say, this is the auspicious time. So I said, how can there be two auspicious times? It's a big problem with human beings. So they said, there are five panchangas in, in, in India. Uh, means five books to consult the auspicious time. That's what human beings have done. I said, then why consult? <laughs> it's better not to have five auspicious times. Then the auspicious time is not beyond, has to be beyond time. But it is bound in the time, the way human beings have made it, so it is bound in the time, like in India it is so much, so much, so much. But now here it's different. Then you calculate, you have a watch. You see, to overcome all these hurdles, human beings also make certain devices. So you consult. Now what is the auspicious time here? Leave at that time. Then it's a big headache, because there are five books to be consulted, Watch could be wrong, this could be wrong, that could be so. But if you are the Spirit, then the Spirit works out auspiciousness. It is the Spirit that works out the auspiciousness. And imagine when you think like that, how much tension goes out. First of all, you have to be a slave of the watch, another you have to be the slave of the books, then you have to be the slave of the market, of the room, of the place which you have to hire. But supposing if you allow the Spirit to work it out, then everything will work out and you will reach at this point where it is the most auspicious. So how do you accept it? Just by accepting. So just now if you give up your satta, your own domain, you get into the domain of your spirit. You give up your domain, that is your ego's domain, or maybe your super-ego's domain. You give up that and try to see things, how it works out. Now what is the testing point of it? How do you test it? It works out, that's the point of testing. It works out. Allow it to work out. Don't put your attention. Attention has the second part of it, is the tension. And don't try to say, why not today? It should have happened today. We expected it to happen. 
Why not at this moment? That's your ego. Thy will be done. So the thought that starts moving in our mind all the time, which creates tensions, is not the thought of the Spirit. So, what you should say? Not this thought. Not this thought. Yan neti neti vachanai nigamo avochus. Not this thought, not this thought, not this thought. And see how you relax. Now you are relaxing. Not this thought, not this thought. Just go on refusing, accepting any thought. So you go into nirvichara. In that state, you feel the spirit. Christ has done the greatest work on this, I should say, but we do not understand because his life was a, like a micro thing, see, in three years. So we have to open it out a little bit and see what he did. He has given us the greatest weapon of forgiveness. When you forgive a person, what do you do? You accept the situation to begin with. And secondly, you forgive what you think has been done wrong to you. But because nothing wrong, nothing can be done wrong to your spirit, you just forgive because you are the… And when you forgive, you have found that your tension goes away. So even to your thoughts, if you say, all right, forgive this thought, forgive this thought, because thought is also not to be punished. Forgive this thought, forgive this thought, forgive everything, not forget, forgive, because then you will even forget that you are the Spirit. <laughs> but forgive all the thoughts that are coming to Me. Just go on saying this, is a mantra. What is a mantra? is that power of the word that expresses spirit. So this is a very important thing Christ has given us, the weapon of forgiveness. Everybody has that weapon. Everyone can use that weapon. You don't have to put in any effort for it. You don't have to pay for it. It's just you have to say, I forgive. You'll be amazed your nerves will suit down. This tension, this pressure of these modern things will be reduced if you go on saying, I forgive, I forgive. These are the young Gondwana voices singing a setting of the 23rd Psalm by Shul Glink.
Over the last thousands of years, divine figures have taken birth to help mankind in its spiritual journey. All taught the same truth, but each in his own way. Sri Rama, for instance, showed how people must learn their place in life and society with humility and grace. But then, humans being what they are, they turned Sri Rama's example into rituals enshrined and performed with the rigidity of bigotry. So, Sri Krishna took his birth to show that rituals limited spiritual growth and that spontaneity and play were essential aspects of day-to-day -day living. Further to the West, in the Middle East, Sri Abraham showed that generosity and hospitality enriched the spirit. But again, people took his teaching as an excuse to embrace self-indulgence and greed. So Sri Moses came to lay down some rules. But again, people turned those rules into rigid laws. And Sri Jesus had to come to show the power of sweetness, humility and forgiveness. Buddha, Lao Tse, Socrates, Mohammed, Martin Luther, Guru Nanak all talked about the basics, the power and the love of God Almighty and the ways to gain balance and peace. But then, as always, human brains came into play and the teachings of these great figures were sifted, evaluated, taken charge of, argued about, systematized, rewritten, causing confusion and even wars. Shumatiji, coming at a particular time, the end of a long era of ego battles and harshness and false teaching, took a very different tack. Yes, she taught we have thousands of her recorded talks on every topic from the creation of creation to the best time to get up in the morning. But as opposed to all the other incarnations and saints I've mentioned, and more, Srimataji, through her gift of self-realization, has entrusted us with the power to answer all questions, to establish values, to confirm truths, to become our own gurus, to find our own path to the spirit and divine fulfillment. Once gained, self-realization allows us to enter mental silence and through regular meditation we achieve a flow of Chaitanya, Sahaja Yogis call it vibrations. And when this vibrational energy flows, we can know the value of whatever our attention is upon. We can separate the false from the true, the correct path from the wrong, the divine from the destructive. This is a gift that supersedes the brain as a method of working things out, supersedes the ego and the superego, giving us directly the response of divinity. No longer must our choices be governed by what we read or think or are taught or what examples are set. We take charge of our destiny at all levels. This is the music of Monteverdi. He wrote it in the early 1600s. And he builds out of a very simple set of phrases a great praise of the divine.
Trimartity chose a very particular time to take birth and offer her gift of self-realisation. The 20th century marked an era of world wars and local wars, of battles for independence, of social changes towards materialism and individuality, a time when things and ideologies replaced the yearning for knowledge and the spirit, when opinion became more important than understanding, where dreams gave way to facts. Yet she also came at a time when audio tapes and videos and CDs and DVDs and air travel and worldwide oneness became part of our daily lives. And these inventions became the means for Srimataji to regularly and continually travel, to reach individual seekers of spiritual growth, to keep in touch with the realised, to establish large gatherings of those she wanted, she had granted self-realisation to, the Sahaja Yogis. And now, with all these talks that Srimatiji recorded, we have, clearly and simply, the actual words she spoke. Not the words that people remembered or thought they remembered, not the comfortable or thundering interpretations that priests and politicians want their devotees to believe, not the party line, but the words themselves, wisdom and love in a direct form. We have received many blessings from Srimataji during the last 40 years. The love she shared wherever she went, the care, attention and peace she gave to the Sahaja Yogis individually and collectively, the knowledge embraced in her talks, the grace of her vibrations, and above all, her gift of self-realization through which we can each gain health, well-being, an understanding of the divinity, peace, good attention, and joy.
Those are the Australian voices singing High Places by Stephen Leake, the words by Dorothea McKellar. And this is the music for cello and strings by John Taverner, The Protecting Veil. He is attempting, he says, to capture something of the cosmic power of the Mother Goddess. So, let us end the program with some notes and then a meditation. At the moment, all over the state are being held a series of programs to introduce people to Sahaja Yoga. The information about this is on the website www.freemeditation.com And now for the last few minutes just let the hands sit comfortably the hands rest on the lap, palm upward. Take the right hand near the base of the spine, a few inches away from the body, and slowly lift it as if you are lifting the spirit to the top of the head. In fact, touch the top of the head. Do that three times, taking the hand from the base of the spine up to the top of the head and touching the top of the head and putting the hand back on the lap, sitting comfortably and enjoying the mental silence. We look forward to seeing you again next week at the same time.